This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com and your host joining me to bathe in the Goldfest of the week. Mr. Chris Bird, Mr. Phil Shaw, welcome. Hello, sir. Hello, Phil sir. Only, th- only three goals, though, at Burnley. Yeah, Frankly, it's a bit, getting a bit boring now, isn't it? How will we fill the time? 12, 12 <laughs> in a week. Uh, I've got my abacus out for Villa now. It's, I've got my slide uh, rule. It's good times. Goals rattling in with Olsen in goal. You're nice gonna goals concede. as well. You're always going to concede one. Yeah. yeah, we do score some good goals. That's a good observation, actually. This is uh, like a really bonus. nice team goals, good moves and stuff. Crafted. Ooh, yeah, this yeah, is a bonus crafted. of supporting Villa now is the uh, the quality of the goals. It's it's one thing to score them, but we're, we're going the extra mile now. We're going for aesthetic pleasure. What have you gentlemen been up to uh, this week? Anything exciting? Oh, I, I was best man at a wedding this week. Oh. Oh, did you do any speeches? I did. I did. Did you get any laughs? I, do you know what? The, <laughs> the, you the, got uh, me and it, Phil to write them for you. It went a few for a few zingers. They actually went down really well. Nice small wedding, only thirty-five people. It's all good. Not a very popular Ooh. groom and bride, then, hey? No, they just wanted it lean and mean. <laughs> I felt honoured to. Yeah, there was two best men, and we shared the duties. So me and uh, Dan, who sits next to me, sharpened the knives. I've got a good story about doing the uh, the duo best man thing, but it would just go. It would take about forty minutes to uh, to rattle off. So uh, I'm sure people want to listen to Villa, although this is a lot more entertaining. But never mind. <laughs> it's a Villa podcast, so we must trudge on. But plenty to talk about. We have seen our maestro, our Italian one man circus Zaniola started. I said before the game, twenty minutes, pretty much what he got. Yep. And he got a song already, hasn't he? 20 minutes in, got himself yep. a song. That's what you want as a new signing. Good signs from him. Yeah. You just need a little bit of Maverick, something extra. I think he fits that bill uh, nicely. Someone who has never taught the word pass at all in his career. Yeah, that as well. That's what you need. <laughs> but more of him later on as we uh, discuss how Villa initially looked very controlled in their execution. Then things got a little bit feisty but we'll get into that and how Villa got their first three away points of the season. We'll go into the latest at Villa news, talking about things that that have changed ahead of the Hibs game, as well as the departure of Cameron Archer before getting into three points, the spiralling row of the Spanish World Cup win in women's uh, football, which uh, seems to be snowballing by the day, as well as looking into uh, Howard's 
Webb's efforts at getting PGMOL into shape before getting into the main show and finding out if Chris Budd can claw back against uh, Phil Shaw's 2-0 lead in Emery's clipboard. I think I'm just going to manage the season out now. Oh, <laughs> whatever that means. That's what you should do when you get 2-0 up. Nah, you right. go and get the third, Phil. Time for some news. Should we talk about India's moon landing? Are they the only fourth country to do it? They may not be able to afford tomatoes in their burgers, but they can get up on the moon. There's no <laughs> points for like fourth place. I thought Poland had landed in the moon, but it was maybe just one of my cashes crosses. Boom, boom. All right, let's get into the villa news. Cameron Archer is off. I have no problems with this. Good money, good money move. People good, getting good deal sentimental about this. Is he a good finisher? Yes. Did he have his chances to prove it to Emery? Probably. I think the first one was at Middlesbrough. Obviously, he was on loan there when Emery came into town, but Emery would have had an eye to see, can this player actually impact Middlesbrough's playoff chances and get them up? That would be the first step in the right direction. Didn't really have much impact there. And then on the American tour, you'd expect him to see a bit more of Archer, but he had his chance on that penalty, spurn that, and then you're just thinking, well, there's limits to what he can do, but he has to impress in in that time he has with Emery, and 18, 18.5 million is a big persuasion as well. So I think in the end, you've really playing the single striker in Watkins. Archer's not a like-for-like replacement, I don't think, in terms of playing that role and Villa being able to play as they were. No, no, he's, he's play outside of the penalty area. I don't think he's sharp enough yet to be able to lead a line on his own. Yeah, so I think it's a no-brainer. But is he coming back? That's the thing. The, the rumoured buyback clause is compulsory if Sheffield United get relegated, which, if you're a betting man, they'd be one of the favourites. But buyback clauses are normally, like for example, uh, Ryan Brewster, who Sheffield United uh, got stung on when they bought him from Liverpool for like that was twenty-three a disaster, million, wasn't it? That signing. His buyback clause there was forty million, and Liverpool uh, obviously had that, but that ex- expired June this year. But if they get relegated, the buyback clause cannot be more than we've got for him, surely, because he's damaged goods. If Sheffield United, Sheffield United buy a striker to score goals to keep them in the league that's the whole idea of it so if he doesn't if he isn't cutting it at Premier League level then there's no way that there's a compulsive buyback and they have to get him if he's not really uh, proven to be Premier League worthy so we'll see how these buyback clauses pan out absolutely and the, and, and the, the the testament to the deal I suppose is you know if if uh, Archer had been a Middlesbrough player last season would we as a fan base have been impressed with Villa spending 18 million quid on him no We'd have been going, what on earth are you doing? Same as the Ramsey deal, really, as well. I've got no room for sentiment here. Would he have... He's in a position also that he would have got games as well in the group stages. Well, he would have played in the second leg against Hibs, you would have thought. Yeah, he would have played in the League Cup as well. So there was chances there to get game times in terms of the natural progression of his development as a Premier League striker. Do we need him uh, in the squad? I think the fact that he is a proper finisher then yes, but in terms of being the answer to, uh, let's say, in this case, a Watkins injury, I don't think he's necessarily that. He's more, if he scored every time he was on the pitch and you had to play him, then Villa would have to look at a way of uh, getting him in the first 11 or Emery would. But I don't think he's 
I think it's Styles really, and I don't think he's uh, going to fit in Emery's style to play a lot of games. So fair enough, no problems. Meanwhile, uh, a lot of kerfuffle with things going wrong off the pitch mainly down to Villa's commercial team. There's actually going to be a fan advisory board meeting immediately before the Crystal Palace game after the international break. So expect news and feedback from uh, things like the Terrace View and various other problems, whether it be concourses and uh, the usual uh, get-go and probably uh, more clarification on what's happening with the badge and the Holt Suite as well, of course. The Holt Suite, if it's not open for the uh, the Hibernian game. And uh, North Stand, etc., etc., all the usual stuff. Speaking of Hibs, uh, Lee Johnson has been fired before the Villa Park clash, which you had a feeling that was going to happen. Probably a good thing for him. His record at Villa Park's dreadful. Yeah, he went to Hibernian basically to rebuild his career. And now he's in uh, up shit alley now. His 500th game as manager, Villa destroyed him 5-0. The Hibs game will be the last time Villa play at Villa Park before the international break. So in terms of the Premier League, quite a gap uh, between yeah. Everton and Palace. And in terms of the Conference League, surely a formality that we are in the group stages and uh, the actual squad list for the group stages will be submitted September the 4th. The group stages start on the 21st of September. Before we go on, helping to support the show, NordVPN are offering a bumper deal to start the season off with, where you can get an extra four months free on top of uh, huge savings on the personal choice when it comes to VPN, of my old man said. If you want to protect your privacy on your devices and while you're browsing, then NordVPN allows you to use it on six devices and... Of course, one of the key attributes of a VPN is it allows users to watch sporting events, TV shows, films, which aren't available in their region by switching their virtual location to a country where you can watch it. Perfect for those 3pm kickoffs on Saturday or 2pm kickoffs on a Sunday for the untelevised games in the UK. To grab your exclusive discounts, off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash moms and you'll receive four extra months for free and there's a no-risk Nord 30-day money-back guarantee as well. You'll find the link uh, in the episode description notes as well. So check it out. Right, three points. The Spanish FA Rao, as I... Uh, said has snowballed it snowballs every day now the, f- the focus was the manager now the focus is the uh the head of the fa uh, louise uh rubiales now there's the kiss on uh, jenny hermosa's lips and celebration i think it's the culmination of his crotch thrust uh which has been when they won it and it that just paints you, you put the two together then it suddenly can be painted as toxic masculinity and with all the other things that have been going on and the leverage the players now have because they've actually won the World Cup, they've won it on many age levels as well. Now we're in the situation uh, where most of the ca- coaching staff has resigned. There's 81 players that say they will never play for the national team again. And now FIFA have suspended uh, Luis. Yeah, FIFA have suspended him from all football and activities. Yeah, Spanish FA have opened an investigation over their sexual violence protocol. 
This is somebody who I think thought he was a bit of a, a big dog and uh, has overstepped the mark and now he's being shot down in flames, essentially. I mean, this is big because it will be symbolic, this, and it will yeah. have uh, knock-on effects. Maybe this is one of those doors that Infantino spoke about. Yeah, women need to push their way through the doors. and. <laughs> Little did he know that uh, it was only going to be a matter of a couple of days after he said that, that uh, they'll be kicking down doors because there's so many doors to be kicked down still because of idiots like him who can't see that. But anyway, it'll be interesting to see how this rolls out. Because he's also vice president of UEFA as well. Yeah, it's kind of ill-judged, but it's like, for example, you know, I lived in France for two years and it's just second nature. You, you know, you kiss people hello and you kiss people goodbye, men, women, it's just part of the culture. So if you translate that culture into extreme excitement, winning the World Cup, you're going to be kissing people when you win. In this case, it's like it oversteps up even that cultural uh, mitigation, I think. I mean, you're actually at work, aren't you, really? This is yeah. this is also a big thing. It's like it's not as if it's like a social uh, situation. You're at work here and under you know in the eyes of the under the eyes of the world as well so if you think you can get away with that in that context that just kind of exemplifies the frame of mind at work here which is has been the issue across the board anyway point number two hanging on with the uh women's world cup lioness manchester and manchester united goalkeeper mary earps goalkeeper top nike's decision not to sell it has been reversed it was reported that producing new women's goalkeepers' kits for the public was not part of Nike's commercial strategy, which is kind of, that's tone deaf, isn't it? Yeah. It's like she was ahead of a World Cup and you've got one of the best goalkeepers in the world. It's like, did you really expect not to take flack for this? It shows you ignorance as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, same, same, going back to the uh, kissing somebody full on the lips in front of the eyes of the world, you know, while you're at work there. It's like you may not think there's anything wrong with it, and maybe there's not in under the, in the eyes of some people. But the tone deafness, not to even consider that, is it's the same thing here with Nike. Yeah, surely you know you're going to get some shit. And uh, 150,000 people signed a petition to sell the tops. A bit like the uh, the waiting list at Villa Park. It'd be interesting to see how many actually buy the top. Once yeah, it's, uh, once it's available. And uh, you're also talking about the goalkeeper that won the Golden Glove at uh, the tournament as well. I know, and you, you have to wonder how much did it, would it actually cost Nike to produce them. I mean, we well, know yeah. where they're we know where they're made as well. They're not made for like it's not like sixty quid a top. It's probably like sixty p a top when they're made. Yeah. Uh, point number three: Premier League clubs have have been sent a list of demands for referees' meals as part of Howard Webb's efforts to get the PGMOL into shape. What kind of food are they asking for, Phil? Well, they're asking for fish cakes and sweet potato wedges and. <laughs> What kind of desserts? Have they got desserts? Oh, no way. Not desserts, just just be fruit and things like that. Just g- give them a goo pot. Well, basically, just give them five kilograms of carrots to sort out their eyesight, and that's all they need to eat, just carrots. Could become in carrot soup form, raw carrots, doesn't matter. Just get them in the dentist chair and just feed them carrots, <laughs> and maybe then we'll have referees to be proud of. <laughs> The main context going into this game, it's one of those games where Villa, if they want to be a top six dog, they've got to put these teams away. These are the games you identify as your away wins. Unfortunately, the confidence to do it in a routine fashion probably took a knock when you saw that Emi Martinez was actually out and would miss the game. Villa also struggling to fill the bench in terms of subs. There was a few spots there for anybody interested. 
you couldn't afford a ticket you uh, if, if there didn't get availability on tickets you could have put an offer in for the villa bench i'm sure that's another bolt on with your with your season ticket isn't it probably only a, 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 a bolt on for terrace few members probably no shortage of goalkeepers though still managed to squeeze two on the bench <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah it's a bit of an odd one you we were saying in match club you maybe give it to just the experience for uh you know the odd youth player here and there who might benefit from being involved hey ho emery knows best so apart from that there was the three center backs which he'd been working on during uh, the american tour especially with cash and luca dean playing well cash was playing a bit more as a winger as a well you know it's a wing back but a little bit more licensed than luca dean at times when they when they went to a four it was always with luca dean as left back and conza as right back so cash very much a, a hybrid player in that sense it's not as if he was strictly uh, a, a wing back with defensive duties because Konza was coming across and at times when we were defending Cash was coming inside and defending that kind of right midfield spot but that was the main difference whether it was uh, to give Olsen some security it's an argument but maybe it's the way he wants to play away from home uh, per se so we'll see how that pans out over a few games yeah it's a novelty with Villa to see someone going three or five at the back, however you want to describe it, in, in a time of sort of like non-panic. Usually whenever a Villa manager resorts to three at the back or five at the back, it's like, oh, shit's had the fan. I need to change it up. We've lost four in a row. But this yeah. is no, this is, this is tactical instead of panic. It's a good point. And you could see that, you know, from the first whistle, you could see the sort of the, the benefit of doing that with, with Dino and Cash in slightly more advanced roles. And then... One thing that is guaranteed this season, it's happened in every game we've played of the four games, we score early doors within 20 minutes. It's the fourth game we've scored in 20 minutes and we actually got two. And Matty Cash, of all people, managed to keep the ball down twice. I mean, the first one, he would he'd be doing well to get that one over the bar <laughs> <laughs> since it was from literally an inch out. But uh, double whammy. And, and two really good moves. Second one especially. Yeah. 18, 19 passes in the build-up to the second one. Lovely goal. Oh, it's like the big Ron years all over again. Mm. But instantly a sense of, oh, this is this is controlled, calculated, three points being Very served clinical. nicely. Yeah, the first goal, Watkins was unlucky not to finish it himself. Good ball over from McGinn. Watkins lobs the keeper and Cash just following up at the back post. Maybe people should follow up Watkins all the time at the back post because yeah. Watkins usually misses by a matter of inches. So if, if more people are hitting in the back post, they're going to get lots of goals. Damn straight, Phil Shaw. What's the difference then with Cash in this game and previous games where you weren't actually sure if he deserved to be in the first 11 and it perhaps was only there by default because we didn't have any of the right backs. I think the difference is he had Konza behind him. Konza's steady, solid. He's going to step into that position that Cash is usually wandering away from. So it's not, he doesn't have to think as much about his defensive duties. He could concentrate on going forward. And he got into good positions. He got, you know, he got into some really good spots throughout the game. You know, he could have, you know, he came close to having a hat trick, didn't he, in the end? So if if he's playing in front of Konza, what's the benefits of him over a Bailey? I think away from home, right winger. yeah, away from home when you, when it, when they, when you haven't got the ball, it just allows you to drop in and have a five at the back if you need to, whereas you wouldn't necessarily trust Bailey up against a, a nippy full back or a winger. Yeah, you fancy is, sort of you know Konza and Konza um, and Cash can double down on some of them, which they did actually a couple of times in the second half. So you know when Redmond came on, yeah, and Cash is definitely a lot more physical than Bailey. He's not going to get knocked off the ball as easily. Yeah, yeah. he's certainly got that you know, bit of a nasty side, hasn't he? Sometimes. 
So would you expect this formation for when we play home or away against the bigger boys? You Liverpool's... Yeah, and potentially away from home in Europe. And um, I just think it gives us another option. And, you know, it seems to be Emery's thing that he wants to have variety in his selection and, um, you know, his personnel and obviously the, and now the, the system as well. You know, I think last year towards the end, we saw in some of the last away games that we'd become a little bit predictable, hadn't we? You know, like we went to Anfield, we went to Brentford, games like that, United as well, especially. We, we just, we, we didn't kind of have, not a plan B, but we didn't have enough variety to hurt a team when they got an idea of what we we're about. Not that I think we necessarily needed to at Burnley because we started so well. It was a case yeah. of get on top, score twice, manage the game, which for the most part, bar a little, you know, a little 10, 15 minute period at the start of the second half, I think we did really well. And again, maybe like Everton, but in a different sense, we we scored our goals at a really good time, especially the third one. I think when, when, you know, when Diaby gets the, the excellent third one, it kind of kills the game and then we manage the game out. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Really well from there. It's one of those games in the first half that was, it's a bit like an optical illusion. Like you're thinking, well, we're absolutely controlling this game. They, they haven't had a shot on target. And then you see the stats at halftime and it says Burnley 56% of the possession. And you're just thinking, well, that's not the how? game I'm watching. <laughs> it's like, how? And they didn't have a shot on target, a couple of attempts, but. You know, nothing were ruthless, and, and that's what you want to see away from home. And only one corner, and but you had a feeling of complete control. I mean, obviously, this is you know the scoreline gives you that, but even without that said, it seemed that that Burnley had, had very little foothold in the game at that stage. Now that all changed in the second half, and there's always been a concern over Torres, and you know we we were saying this in pre-season when we bought him, like good on the ball. Everybody kind of knows that, but there is concern. There's a reason why he's not a give me over Mings at all. And there's a reason why you'd ideally want them both in the team. But then you've got that. And I think if Emery's playing that three centre-backs, then Mings would have been one of them. And probably it's Carlos that misses out here. Because we saw what happened. I mean, Torres, the way Foster just turned him was it was almost embarrassing in terms of the physicality of Pau Torres because Torres should not have allowed him to have, have got onto that ball and then once you know, once the, once he turns him and the shot comes Olsen you know he's, he's unfortunate you know, he's, he's very seldom going to stand a chance from there and if he makes the save from that position he's done very very well but you know and at 2-1 there's the potential there that one mistake changes the, the complexion of the game because 
for you know for sort of ten minutes, Burnley had a bit of belief back when they frankly didn't deserve to. Yeah, it was game on all of a sudden when for that for whole first half you, you only saw one winner, and then uh, you know there's a bit of a mix up uh, when Villa are trying to play out the bat, and this is the main concern about Olsen because Olsen you know he's okay shop stopper, but it's when we're trying to play out the back he, every any game he will always put a hospital pass in and he did back to Kamara Kamara plays it back to him didn't really expect it straight back to him because he had two men uh, hovering around him then Kamara even though he's Mr. Chill probably had a bit too much on on his plate and then it creates a situation where Kamara plays it right back and uh, in the end Torres hooks it away from Olsen when Maybe Olsen, you know, should have called for it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, just a, bit of, a bit of safety first as well from uh, Torres. Maybe he's learning because that's what he started. He needs to inject a bit of safety first in this game. Not too much, just a, a slight bit because he's definitely, he's modeling himself in sort of like the back and bar away plan. He wants to stand at the back and, you know, dictate proceedings. He, he doesn't really want to get dirty as far as defending goes at all. Yeah. I mean, Olsen made a save as well at, at a time, a good time. Although, you know, that's what he's paid to do in terms of the, the save he did make. But then... Probably perfectly timed goal from Villa. Yeah, yeah, and just knocked the stuffing out of him, did it? Brilliant, absolutely brilliant breakaway goal. And again, yet again, who I thought, I mean, he's been great since the start of the season anyway. Again, hit three of them. Louise, brilliant on the ball. Kamara McGinn, superb. And breakaway started yet again, just dictated the play. Great ball out to Dinho, great pullback, fantastic finish from Diaby. It's just another fantastic team goal. Yep, McGinn's not getting the credit. McGinn's added composure to his game, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah, 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 he's not getting the he's not getting the credit at all for that ball that he plays over the top to Dean or Watkins or whoever's running into that channel. That that's not the easiest ball to play. I mean, if that was a De Bruyne or something like, like that playing the ball every week, they would just they would do a whole piece in the Athletic about it. But instead, he's, it's just it's yeah, only John McGinn who's just dropping it in. He's getting he's getting in on this sort of the pre assists thing that obviously Grealish used to do a lot, but it's. It, the third goal just knocks the stuffing out of Burnley, and at that point, you kind of think, "Well, you know, Brilliant Villa have just brought Zaniolo on as well." You think Villa, there's actually the, the game is there to go and get a fourth if you want to. Yeah, which Villa and there was only one man. Uh, it was our Italian maestro that was going to uh, get that fourth goal, and he had attempts. Well, he had a few attempts. Well, he was through one. He probably should have squared it or shot slightly earlier. And that's not got, in his vocabulary. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, who who was it? It's like Codger was the last greedy bastard we had in our. Oh, team. he had a couple of shockers yeah. though, didn't he, Codger? Remember when uh, Ross McCormack used to just stand there waiting for the the square ball with both arms out, and Codger was like he was invisible to him. But these are like slightly better players than what the ones I'm talking about here. And he had a great little, he had a great little twenty minute cameo, didn't he? Some really nice touches, nice little interplay, really sort of positive as well in the way he plays. Always wants to go towards goal. The one we're referring to, the one where he perhaps should have squared it, in his defence, it was a bit like Moses in the Red Sea or Claret Sea in this case, where it just just kept opening up for him. Mm. Yeah, and he was very unlucky in the end because the, yeah. he, he sat the keeper down, put the keeper the wrong way, and it was a covering defender that put it around the post. Yeah, I think actually if he gets the shot away, he probably scores, doesn't he? And, and, and you're thinking, forgiving. well, yeah, you, you probably go for that. If you're doing that after like playing for Villa six or seven games and not squaring it, then okay, there might be an issue there. And to but... be honest, in that position, Watkins isn't going to square it, is he? Yeah, exactly. And then he has the shot later on, the other one that whistles just over the bar. Great effort. But I was really impressed. He had a little, you know, he dropped a Megs on someone, a little no-look pass. I think the weight of his pass, he's technically clearly a really gifted player. Physically did a couple of good things as well, which I was impressed with some of his you know, defensive work and hold at play. Yeah. Well, one of his chances was created from tracking back and winning the ball back. Yep. Yep. So it's, it's almost a shame for him, really, that he won't be able to play in the Hibs game because you think that would be a really good game for him to get 90 minutes up to up, get him up to speed, as it were, in the way we play. But alas, you know, we'll probably be involved at 
at Anfield, but um, positive for him, positive for Diaby. And then, you know, before the team, the, um, sorry, before the game, when you're looking down the team sheet and you're sort of thinking, well, the squad's maybe a little, starting to get a little bit tested here. You look at who we've actually brought off the bench and you kind of go, fucking hell, we're still actually bringing real quality off the bench yeah. at this point. You know, obviously, Tiedemans came on later on, Traore as well. It bodes well. It bodes well moving forward. And obviously, going into the Hibs game where a few people are going to get a bit of game time, which they'll they'll need. If Ramsey and Moreno can come back sharpish after the international break, then your bench is sorted out. And you've got Dendonka to factor in as well. You've got three players who will make you stronger. And maybe another body in as well. Then it, it, it looks good. I think Zaniola may, in terms of drip feeding him in, because you've got a big game against Liverpool after Hibs. I can see the group games in the Europa Conference will be big for that and also uh, Tillemans as well and it'll be a great tournament for having that match day squad in the Premier League everybody being up to speed every game so you can bring off anybody and it's not like oh it'd be good for him to get 20 minutes they'll be ready because they'll be they'll be playing football and you can see how Emery through his experience of how, how to navigate European competitions has got a squad together very quickly that looks like it will handle it without yeah. too much problem unless there's a you know injury crisis and Liverpool are there to be got at because well presuming Van Dijk's red card that he got against Newcastle isn't overturned they'll, they'll be without their defensive leader so it's perfect time to have a go at them yeah but yeah after, after the, th- the third goal it was only going to be 4-1 uh, if there was any other goals to come but a big win in terms of uh, Established. It, it's it's almost like oh yeah we are playing as we were at the end of last season. That's what it kind of confirmed to me that we are at a certain level. I didn't really read too much in the Newcastle result because that can happen to anybody. So it wasn't really uh, giving you any info on where we're standing this season. But the fact we've in routine fashion got three points that we would have considered routine if we are to believe the team we have. So from that point of view two thumbs up yeah and it sets the narrative for when you're playing other teams sort of lower table teams because Burnley won't be the worst team in the league by a long way so if they're getting turned over then you see other teams come to play Villa and they're they're going to set up cautiously they're not going to you know go full full throttle at them yeah and that, you know that's why it's good to have like more maverick players like Zaniola to bring in because Villa are playing very well as a team I mean you know we were talking before about uh, that goals are real team goals now if these teams set up and stifle us. At least we've got some different cards in the pack to put on to uh, throw them a few curveballs. Well, we've got a bit of pace and a bit of sort of left fieldness now, haven't we? And, and, and that that sort of slightly clinical edge that if you make one mistake, we've got enough to punish you now. Yeah. Zeniola's got power as well. Though. Yeah. No doubt about that. Right. Uh, key stat of the game. Anything interesting? Well, the two goals from Matty Cash inside 20 minutes was the earliest Aston Villa player has scored twice in a Premier League game since Darren Bent versus Arsenal away in May 2011, one of the games that Jared Houllier missed when he was ill. And uh, as well as beating Arsenal, we beat Liverpool, and that's what catapulted us from uh, relegation positions to ninth in the league. It was our highest finish before uh, Emery's last season. Fancy Premier League top Villa man? Yeah, no surprise, Matty Cash with 14 points. I doubt anybody had him, but still, if somebody, someone, someone somewhere will have had him. A bit like, there's some freaks, isn't there? Bailey topped out the other week. Nobody would have had him as captain. Nobody would have had Matty Cash as captain either. Right, uh, time for Emery's clipboard. Brackets, for want of a better name. Interesting. 
Hogan and Wesley, they've basically got the championship by the scruff of the neck. So Chris Budd went for 47 touches that they were going to get. Wesley was up against Millwall. Hogan was... Home to Plymouth, wasn't he? Home to Plymouth, indeed. He scored uh, early doors. Wesley played 76 minutes, 33 touches. That seems to be his ballpark. He's getting involved, old big Wes. Meanwhile, Hogan played 80 minutes, 21 touches. (laughs) What's going on? Better. So it's all going off in the championship. Chris had predicted 47. Phil Shaw of his little sharky 48 has managed to uh, get it because combined... 54. We, sh- we did say we were within five, but that's close enough, surely. Well, I'm happy enough without it going to VAR. I'm, if, if nobody else has any complaints. Yeah, I think it's close enough. So we'll At go this three. point in the season, I don't mind going 3-0 down just now. We'll <laughs> go 3-0 for that one. Next week, you will see Birmingham's time. Hogan's time to take on Millwall at St Andrews. Meanwhile, Stoke play Preston at home. So two home clashes for uh, Villa's dearly departed strikers. What are you going for? All right. I will go 56. I'll go up. Oh, oh, home benefits. What are you going for, Mr. Bud? 55. Ah. You can't (laughs) play this. This is like horrible tactics. It's the school of Dan Rogers. So this one, you have to be within five for this one to count. Or else we're going to marvellous Nakamba time. Ooh. Can I have your marvellous Nakamba? Who are Luton playing? Does it matter? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it could. Well, let me tell you who they're playing. They are home on Friday night against West Ham. Oh, you might get a bit of the ball in that one. Maybe. Uh, 48. Oh, I'm not going that high. Um, 36. Thank you very much. Right, time for medium Muppets. Right then, Phil, what's been happening? Any, any transfer nuggets for us to uh, get into? What's in the trough? The Muppets have been striking back this week. It seems that Fabrizio Romano is even more ITK than players' families. I mean, he knew more than Cameron Archer's family, who retweeted him after he broke the Cameron Archer news, saying, oh, that's news to me, Fab. But oh, that was his true. brother, wasn't it? Yeah, it was his brother. And a few days later, Fab knows all, because the deal was completed. I, I did see that. I thought, that's a strange thing to uh, retweet, because you know it's not just Fab that's come out of this. It's not as if he's pulling things out of his ass. It's kind of well-known. Hmm. Anyway, we should start asking Romano what I'm getting for Christmas. <laughs> it's all good for the Romano brand. Somebody could be getting Felipe Coutinho for Christmas because the news broke then that Qatari said Al Duhil have agreed terms with Coutinho despite him being injured. And the interesting news in Villa's point of view is this is for a fee less than the 20 million euros that would trigger a percentage going to Barcelona. Oh, sneaky. Yes. As long as we're in profit, I don't think anybody will care. And as long as you can get him off the wage bill, if, if we need to. But if you, I'm if you can get to... your money back from him, then it's almost like it's like it never happened. Yeah. Which is, I think we have to just sweep it under the rug because we gave him the last chance going into this season. You're thinking, right, get him games against Hibs. With Buendia out, at least he gives us another option. But I mean, as soon as you as soon as you got injured, it's like oh, this is I'm giving up. Sorry, Felipe. You've got a good song, but we need some more something more on one, the pitch. One and- song a uh, a symphony doth make. 
Mm. Yes. Then, of course, the main Muppety story of the week was um, Mike Dean's version of Prince Andrew's interview that he did with Simon Jordan this time. Of course, whenever Prince Andrew did the interview, he famously talked himself into trouble, and Mike Dean did the same. Um, it was a long one that was on Jordan's podcast, YouTube one, it's over an hour. And there were some good tidbits in it, but once you get past for like Mike Dean's early career as a chicken factory killer, or a chicken killer in a factory. Exterminator. Yeah, exterminator. Um, Le Poulet Killer. He went on to talking about VAR, and it was interesting to see how much of an effect VAR has had on like legacy referees, you would call them. Um, but it went into one decision that he made last season whenever Spurs Romero pulled Cucurella's hair just before Spurs equalised. Mike Dean says, I missed the stupid hair pull at Chelsea versus Tottenham, which was pathetic from my point of view. And then he goes, I didn't want to send him, which was Anthony Taylor, up to the VAR stream because he is a mate as well as a referee. And I think I didn't want to send him up because he, I didn't want him to have any more grief than he already had. But there's a contradiction in itself. What is it? Did, did you miss the hair pull, which you said you did? Or did you not see it and not call him to the screen because he's your mate? I mean, it's, it's poor that. It's just what everybody thinks. They're, they're there to get cover each other's backs. It's probably a new low now. And... and the thing about it now is it's people aren't just blindly going oh va va va's rubbish va va and it's like well no i mean anybody with a half a brain's always said it's just technology it's the human element that's let it down and people now are seeing that wow these the people doing it really it's not that they're necessarily idiots it's just the rules are so convoluted and people don't know their ass from their elbow basically and they're so unsure that they can't actually administer the rules yeah well i mean i it, it wasn't swept onto the carpet because the pgmol come out with a comment dismissing or a statement dismissing mike dean's comments and then mike dean in his new job as a pundit in soccer saturday he came out and doubled down on his defense he said it was the wrong word mate was used but he was protecting the ref it was just the terminology he used but mm-hmm. the thing is that when you watch world cups i mean let's, let's take the the late the last one the women's world cup the execution of all that was fine i thought yeah but it, it seems to be a lot cleaner in international games, less less bullshit and less interpretation, personal interpretation by the officials. It's it's very strange how it just gets turns into a farce when it comes to the Premier League. Yeah. Right. Anything to say about that, Bud? No, not really. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of I'm getting bored of talking about VAR on a regular basis. It's just like I'm just over it already. Just fix it. Just get get your shit together, basically. Eat your carrots. Yeah, eat your carrots and sort it out. It's basically upshot. Thank you very much for listening to the show. Please do follow the podcast on social media at my old man said on Instagram, TikTok, might do something there again, Twitter or whatever it's called now, and Facebook as well. And please do follow the show on whatever podcast app you use if you enjoy the show do uh, drop us a, a wee review as well if you have the time that would be much appreciated as always thank you very much to the my Said members for supporting the show if you wanted to become a my Said member go to myomansaid.com and click on the members link there you will get ad free versions of the show extra shows as well i'll do a little off the record uh, show this week You also get access to our Inner Circle Match Club, where we will be meeting up for the Liverpool game. So do uh, check it out. And a big thanks to our as welcome as a Matty Cash brace, Mr. Dan Wilson and James Strachan for joining up in the last week as My Old Man Said members. Welcome aboard. So please do go to myoldmansaid.com. Click on the membership link for more details there. Thank you very much. Thanks for everyone who turned up for the Burnley game in Match Club. It was a really good turnout for that one. Indeed. We expect a full house against Liverpool as well. Right, anything interesting in your weeks coming up? 
Oh, you've got to go to work. Bud's got to go to I've work. Got, I've got gigs to do. There go. <laughs> go. Right, until next time, look out for uh, Europa Visions. Me and Armin will do a pre-Hibs show there, probably focusing more on what else has been happening in the Conference League uh, as opposed to the destruction yeah, there's, of there's our... Yeah, some nicely uh, poised ties, aren't there? A couple of big yes. boys have got work to do. There's not many efficient teams like Villa out there. I think a few teams would have just been not taken it seriously as well. So let's see what happens. Anyway, until next time, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. Any key stats? No, because you used the start a bit. Um, the, the, the brace from Cash being the quickest and star and bounce one. Okay, we just have that. Hmm? Give me another one then. <laughs> just go, go to the FPL what top is, man. What are you, one trick pony? <laughs> go on then, are you looking? I'm looking. Right, got one, that'll do. That, that was only the second time that Matty Cash had scored twice in one game in his career. And do you know when the last time was? Against Villa? Yep, the 5H against Nottingham Forest. Oh. Probably uh, no surprise. Who is the uh, fancy Premier League top Villa man of the week? Hold on, have to change it. It wasn't. He didn't score in the 5H against Villa. He didn't score twice. <sighs> He scored once, didn't he? He did. It's fucking making it up as a game. Well, just leave it at right. I'll do it again. Hold on. That was only the second time that Matty Cash had scored twice in a game in his career. When was the other time? I don't know. Could have been fucking... <laughs> ju- oh, could have been junior league or anything. This is going to shit, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it moving. It's been derailed, bud. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.